Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. grateful for the opportunity you have given us. We feel blessed, Lord, to be in your house this afternoon. Therefore, oh Lord, as we have come, we come with a heart, with a preparedness to receive your word. We pray, Lord, that our hearts shall be fertile ground, that when your word falls to our heart, it shall bear forth fruit. I pray, Lord, that the word shall not fall on stony grounds. Therefore, Lord, we come against every foul spirit, any other voice that is not of God. I pray, Lord, that I will not speak of my own wisdom, but may it be the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful opportunity. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. I acknowledge your presence. Use me as a vessel. May you take all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap for the Lord as you take your seats? And why don't you clap for these wonderful people of Zion? So let there be quietness. It's going to be a very brief service, so please just be still for a few minutes and we will be done. Let there be very minimum movement. And um, amen. amen. Well, for some few weeks now, we have been sharing in this church about the statutes of loyalty or the laws of loyalty. We have been sharing about this message for some few weeks. And I believe it's, um, it's a very important message. Hallelujah. And I want to entreat you that um, when you find yourself in a message, it means God has blessed you. Amen. When you can identify yourself in a message, do not be angry, but truly God has blessed you. It means the Holy Spirit is aware of your need. Hallelujah. And he has blessed you. So do not pass the message on to someone else and you forget about your own self. Hallelujah. One time, a pastor came to church and he preached powerfully. And at the end of the service, a church member came to him and said, Pastor, that was a very powerful message, but I wish that some people were here to hear this. He says, I wish that the ones that this message really was for would have been here. You see, do not let it be like that. As you are listening, let it sip into your heart and let it transform you. Amen. Amen. So, the statutes or the laws of loyalty, we said the first one, quickly, is that 
the head of an organization must first be loyal to his subordinates. Hallelujah. If you are a head of an organization, if you are a head of a family, if you are a leader in any group, you must first be loyal to the people that you are leading. You must first be faithful to those people so that they will also be loyal to you. Hallelujah. So that is the first statue that we shared. And the second one, we said, loyalty is the key to expansion. Faithfulness or loyalty is the key to expansion. If you want to expand, if you have an organization and you want to expand, you cannot be at every place at the same time. What you are going to need are faithful people or loyal people who will do exactly what you will do in those places. Hallelujah. The Bible says of Jesus that he sent his disciples two by two to the places where he himself would go. Hallelujah. He was entrusting that these two would go to the place that he wanted to go to do exactly what he would have done. Hallelujah. That is why he said that he has given you power to be witnesses. Power to be witnesses. Not power to receive glory for yourselves. Not power that you will be well. Not power that you will be rich. But power to be witnesses. And when you live that life, when you live a, a witnessing life, when you are a witness, then he says that he will be with you unto the ends of the world. Hallelujah. Because then you become faithful because you are going to do exactly what you would have done if he had gone there. Hallelujah. So that is the key to expansion. You cannot expand if you don't have faithful men and women who are working for you. And the third statue that we shared was that loyalty breeds loyalty. That means when you are loyal, you automatically generate loyalty around you when a person is loyal he will automatically generate loyal people around him hallelujah when you are not loyal you find that people are also not loyal to you amen david was loyal to saul david demonstrated before his friends that he was a loyal son and when he had the opportunity even to destroy saul he taught them a very great lesson that you do not destroy the lost anointed. You cannot touch the lost anointed. No matter what they have done, you cannot touch someone that God has anointed. Hallelujah. And that lesson was a very great lesson indeed to the followers of David. That when there was another time that David was also not so great a person and had behaved inappropriately as a king, they remembered that you do not touch the Lord's anointed no matter what he has done. So when David also had a plan for Uriah to be killed and then he took Uriah's wife, they did not rebel against him because they had learned a great lesson. Hallelujah. And I believe that took us to the next point that says loyalty breeds disloyalty. Amen. Loyalty breeds disloyalty. That when you are disloyal, you also breed disloyalty. You teach people to be disloyal also. Hallelujah. And I was sharing with you that you will always 
be suspicious of any group of people that gossip. You see, in, even if you are not aware of it, when you sit and you find someone who is constantly gossiping about another person, you, you'll be careful with that person. Hallelujah. And I can guarantee you that if you happen to be in a group like that, I can guarantee you that 99.99% of the time, they also gossip about you who is in the group or they have gossip about you already or they are going to gossip about you. Amen. They are going to gossip about you. Hallelujah. You will always be suspicious of them. Amen. And such a group, you see such a group, when you have something really precious and something really, really secret, you will know that you can trust those people to share that thing with Hallelujah. Even though they are your friends, they are the ones that you always gather to talk about another person. When you have something really, really secret, you, find, you hesitate to share with them. Because disloyalty breeds disloyalty. Amen. We read, we read about King Ahab and Obadiah. How that King Ahab was disloyal to God. God established him as a king, but he was disloyal to God. And so his seventh Obadiah, who was his first or his right-hand man, he saw it. He was a witness to King Ahab's disloyalty. And so King Ahab, when he rebelled against God, he brought a whole different set of gods into the system. And he planned to kill all the prophets of God. He wanted to eliminate God from the kingdom completely. But this Obadiah, he took hundreds of those prophets and he hid them in a cave 50 in one cave and 50 in another cave and the bible says he fed these prophets in the time when there was farming in the kingdom he fed them with a food that was from the king's home so you see there was farming in the land and someone who is directly in your house is stealing your food to feed your own enemies. I think it will be very, very painful. And that is what disloyalty does. When you are disloyal, you breed disloyalty. Even among your leadership, among people who are in leadership positions, you breed disloyalty amongst them. Hallelujah. You breed disloyalty. Amen. And we say that in your relationship with your spouse, you must be loyal. Hallelujah. You must be loyal. Amen. You must be loyal in your relationship with your spouse. Otherwise, you breed disloyalty. Hallelujah. And that brought us to the next point. We said that loyalty has a single eye. If you are loyal, you have a single eye. If you are loyal, you have a single eye in your service to God. You don't serve God halfway and other things halfway. Hallelujah. And we say that there are so many Christians who serve God. They are sitting in church and they wear all sorts of things around their waist, around their wrist, and their neck. You think it's a necklace or you think it's a designer something. But it is that person's serious protective device. Hallelujah. 
You see, you are serving God, but when it comes to real situations, when it comes to serious matters, you have something else that you rely on. That is not loyalty. Amen. You are serving God, but when you are traveling, when you need protection, there is somewhere else that you have to go, that they have to give you something to drink for protection. Hallelujah. It means that you are not loyal to God. You are not faithful to God. Amen. It means that you, are not, you, are, you, you, you have not given all your all to God. Amen. Amen. And you see, God will reward those who search him with diligence. Now, searching someone with diligence, if I understand, is, that, is this with all your mind, with all your concentration, with all your focus, with all your might, with all your strength, and with all your heart. And when God sees that, These are the people he rewards. And so are you surprised that you pray to God for so many things, but you have not received them? Because you are halfway this way and halfway that way. Bovide, Josevide, you are serving God halfway and serving other gods another way. Amen. You are serving God, but when you go home and you see that somebody has put three eggs in front of your door and then you are having uh, you are having a seizure it's like you are having epilepsy and you are afraid to go into your own house because somebody has put three eggs in front of your house if you are serving God you go home and you find three eggs you say hallowed be thy name pick up the eggs and boil them or fry them and eat them as long as it's not spoiled. Hallelujah. And do not be afraid. Amen. Do not be afraid. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Loyalty has a single eye. Loyalty has a single eye. Amen. Did I give you another one? Loyalty demands... The right attitude. Hallelujah. Loyalty demands the right attitude. If you are loyal, you have to have the right attitude in your relationship. Hallelujah. If you are loyal, you have to have the right attitude in your service to the Lord. If you are loyal, in, if you are a member of the choir and you are loyal, have the right attitude. You will come, to, you come for the rehearsals with the right attitude. Hallelujah. That shows you are a loyal person. Amen. That shows that you are loyal. Loyalty will always ask for the right attitude. Loyalty does not bring suspicion. You should have the right attitude towards your pastor. If you are suspicious of your pastor, you cannot trust him. You cannot believe in his word. When you are suspicious of your pastor, every word that he preaches, you will think is about you. You will think that, oh, it's because I told him of my issue. That is why he's preaching like that. But one thing that you have to understand is that we all have the same issues. Hallelujah. There is nothing new under the sun. He says, that which has been is that which shall be. So the issue that you have, I have the same issue. Amen. So what other brand new issue should we create to preach about that is not your issue? Do you see? You should have the right attitude towards the word of God that is preached. Can I hear an amen? Amen. If you have 
if you have suspicion, you can never receive the word of God. Amen. Loyalty demands the right attitude. Amen. The next one, we said, loyalty does not join faction or create faction. Is that what we said? Loyalty does not create faction or divisions. Loyalty does not create groups. Amen. You see, these are the things that the enemy uses to destroy churches. These are the things that the enemy uses to destroy families. These are the things that the enemy uses to destroy any one group. And we were saying that when you have a piece of cloth, you see, it will be very difficult for me to rip my jacket from any area. But when I take it from the seams, when I take it from the seams, it will be very easy to break it apart. Hallelujah. Now, when God brings us together as children of God, he's bringing us together from every walk of life and from every nation. He says that at the mention of Jesus Christ, at the mention of his name, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Not the knee of black people. Not the white people's knees. Not the knees of the Europeans. Not the knees of the Africans. He says every knee will bow. So if we have come to the house of God to bow our knees, why do you bring your tribe to separate us now? Why do we magnify our tribes and our color and what we, what we do and where we come from? Why do we magnify it so high than the blood of Jesus that brought us together? Why should where you come from be so important than the blood of Jesus that brought us together? When we woke up this morning and we were coming to church, we didn't say we were going to a gathering of American nurses or African nurses or a gathering of single women or a gathering of single men or married men we did not say we were going to a gathering of any one tribe a gathering of the ashantis or the a gathering of the americans or the gathering of the jamaicans or the nigerians we said we were going to the house of god we are going to the house of god hallelujah and it will be a place he says that listen listen he says that he said that you will call upon nations who did not know you. And nations who did not know you will respond to you. Amen. Hallelujah. So there will be nations whom we do not know. People whom we have not met before. People whom we would never would have met if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus. And so Jesus brings us all together to make it his one body. Hallelujah. Amen. Now the enemy knows that when the body is together he can fight them you see when you are an enemy and you have a very large opposition it will be very difficult to fight your opposition but when you are able to separate that into different parts then it will be very easy to fight them hallelujah that is why the enemy magnifies our differences he says look Always remember you are black, okay? Remember where you come from. You see, he will always remind you. You see, remember you are a woman and you are not like men. You see, he will always remind you. Remember you are single. When the married people are talking, remember that you are single. You see, and so he groups people, he groups them, and he differentiates the groups so that the seams are there and visible to him so that he can break the seam because it's very difficult when they are all together to break them. Hallelujah. 
Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you this afternoon? But there are some people who have an eye for differences. There are some people who have an eye for separation. You see, there are some Christians, when you mention any person's name, they don't identify, oh, Sister Jane, the one that is in the choir, oh, mighty God, she is so wonderful. They don't remember that, oh, Sister Jane, the nurse that comes from Ohio. You see, in the house of God, we don't describe people as the nurse that comes from Ohio or the, the nurse who migrated from Africa or the single guy. Hallelujah. But some people, have, uh, some people have an affection for separation. And I want to tell you that it's the enemy who is using you to magnify our differences. Hallelujah. Or oh, you don't like what I'm saying. There are some people who say, oh, they will not join Lighthouse. As for Lighthouse, they are young people's church. What do you mean by young people's church? Did Christ die for old people and not young people? Or Lighthouse, they are what? Diplo- that means they are, they, they are very diplomatic. Oh, when you say that, I will say amen to that. Hallelujah. Sometimes they say, oh, as for that church, they are rich people's church. Oh, as for, when I hear that, I say, amen to that. Amen. They say, oh, as for that church, if you are not educated, you can never become a pastor. What do you mean about that? God will educate you. And so if God has educated his people, and they, God has set them high. You see, you know, one time in the Bible, the king selected some people. And then he gave them to his eunuchs. And he says, feed these people. Teach them. Let them learn literature. And he put, the, he, he put them in a place. And he was teaching them. Feeding them. He wanted them to look healthy, big, giant, fat. And let them feed and grow. But there was a small group. They said that, look, we have a God. And if you will allow us, let us not eat of the king's food. But let us eat the food that it is honorable to our God. And when they allowed them to eat that food, it didn't look fatty like the king's food. It didn't look rich like the king's food. But at the end, they looked at them and they were mighty grown. They were mightier than the other ones who had been fed by the king. And the Bible says, as for these children, they were wiser than all the others. Hallelujah. It is God who makes people wise. Wisdom, it comes from God. He says that he will make you wiser than the ancient. He will make you wiser than your teachers. Hallelujah. So when they say that, oh, educated people, and I say amen to that. And I can guarantee you that no matter who you are, if you sit in this church for a while, you become a very wise person. I say you become a very white. I can guarantee you 99.999% that if you sit in this church for a while, you will become a very wise person. Hallelujah. Because I will share nothing else with you but the word of God, which bringeth wisdom. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. Wonderful. See, when you, are, when you are someone who highlights separation and you, 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 you pronounce differences and 
The Bible gives you names. How many of you want to name? Why don't you turn with me to 1 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1. Look at that. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto what? Canal. As unto canal. Even as unto what? Babes. Babes in Christ. You've been in a church for a long time, but you have been described as babes in Christ. He says, I could not speak to you as unto spiritual. That means he spoke to you as unto what? As spiritual. Wait a minute. You are in Lighthouse Chapel International. You should understand what I'm sharing with you. Hallelujah. It says, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. That means when I came, I spoke to you as unto what? As spiritual. Amen. And as unto babes and as unto canals. The next verse, he says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For he tattled, ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able and I'll show you why. Why? The next verse, he says, For ye are yet carnal. And then he puts a colon because he's going to tell you why you are carnal, why you are a babe. You see, when you have certain traits, when you have certain characteristics, God calls you a babe. God calls you carnal. God calls you unspiritual. He says, For whereas there is among you envying and strife, and what? Divisions. Whereas there is divisions among you, are you not canal and walk as men? Look, we are spiritual, but we are walking as men because we highlight divisions. We magnify the sins that are between us. Hallelujah. The next verse says, For why one saith, I am of Paul. As for me, I belong to Paul. As for me, I belong to this group. As for me, I am here. He said, for why one said, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not canal? Are you not canal? And the next verse, he says, who then is Paul? Who is Paul? He said, I belong to this pastor. As for me, this pastor is my pastor. I belong to this church, but my real father is this pastor. I am here, but if I have an issue, it is this person that I talk to. He says, who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. Are we not just ministers? Are we not just men like you? Were we not just like you? He says that they were chosen from amongst men. Hallelujah. And then the next verse, he says, I have planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. If you overlook differences and you overlook divisions and you sit and you be planted and you allow another to water you, I can guarantee you that God will give you the increase. 
Amen. And then he says, So then, neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watereth. That means the one who plants and the one that waters do not matter. They do not matter. But what matters is that God is the one that giveth the increase. Hallelujah. God is the one that giveth the increase. And verse 8 says, Now he that planted and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Hallelujah. Amen. So let us not highlight the differences that are amongst us. Let us not brighten the differences that are amongst us. Amen. But tonight, I want to give you another one. It says, the root of disloyalty is pride. The root of disloyalty is pride. That means, if you find someone who is disloyal, the very root of it is pride. Hallelujah. Proverbs 13 verse 10, it says, only by pride cometh contention. Only by pride comes strife. Only by pride comes argument and disagreement. Only by pride. Hallelujah. It says, only by pride cometh contention, but with the well advice is wisdom. Hallelujah. People who rebel in any group are the ones who feel they are very important. Any person who is rebellious, any person who is criticizing, any person who stands up to fight, they are the ones who feel they are important. Hallelujah. I want to show you a scripture in Numbers chapter 16. Numbers chapter 16 and verse 1. Quickly, Numbers 16 and verse 1. It says, Now Korah, the son of Isha, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Paleth, sons of Reuben. So these are the men. There was Korah, there was Dathan, there was Abiram, and there was On. He says that they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princesses of the assembly famous in the congregation of men of and men of renown do you see he said that they rose up before moses with certain of the children of israel 250 and these were not ordinary people they were princesses of the assembly famous in the congregation and men of renown and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy. Are we not born again? Are we not all born again? You take too much power upon you. You are the one that is always standing and giving us instructions. You've taken too much power. We are all God's children. He says, you don't see that we are all holy among the congregation, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then, lift ye up yourself above the congregation of the Lord. Do you see? So you see, these were not ordinary people. These were men of renown. You know, Moses, he, he was just some lost child on a river 
that was brought in the king's palace. And they knew that. They knew that. So they knew that it was just by some accident that he found himself in a palace. Now, these people, these people, you see, they were princesses. Even though they had gone into slavery, they still recognized the ones who were princesses, the ones who were Levites, the ones who were men of renown. They still recognized them. And so Moses was not one of them. And so they felt they were important people. And so they rose up against Moses. I say it is only people who feel important about themselves that rise up against authority. Hallelujah. Now, seven symptoms of pride. Let me give you seven symptoms of pride. Number one, answering back. Someone that is constantly answering back. Everything we say, you answer back. You have a counter answer to everything that we say. We try to correct you and you always have something to say back. Number two is rudeness. Rudeness. I'm sharing from the book Leaders and Loyalty by Bishop Dagwood Mills. Very, very powerful book. And I will encourage all of you to read that book. Number two is rudeness. Rudeness. Number three is refusing to come when you are called. Refusing to come when you are called. When they call you, you refuse to come. Look at these people. If you go down to verse 17, in the same chapter, verse 17, they said, Number 16, and, and Moses, I believe it was, um, yes, um, let me find that scripture for you. It says, Moses called them, and they said, we won't come. Can you find me that scripture? I think I found it. It says, and... Okay, let's read from here. I think we'll find it here. He says, and verse 10, he says, and he had brought thee nigh to them. He says, if you go up, verse 8, and Moses said unto Korah, Hear, I pray you, ye sons of Levi, cement it but a small thing unto you, that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister unto him. And he had, he said, minister unto them. And he had brought thee nigh unto him and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee. And ye seek ye the priesthood also, for which cause both thou and all thy company had gathered together against the Lord. And what is Aaron, what that ye murmured against him. Hallelujah. He says that. I believe it's on verse. I'll find that scripture for you. But Moses called these people in this chapter. Moses called them. And he says, come. And they say, we won't come. Verse 4. Verse 12. He says, we, and Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, we will not come up. Do you see? You see, the leader who led them, brought them across the sea and they saw all the miracles that the Lord used them to do. I tell you, when you have filled with pride, you don't even see the works of God. You don't even see the anointing that is on the man of God when you are proud. 
They said, we will not come. We won't come. Hallelujah. We won't come. The next one is feeling indispensable. When you feel you are indispensable, you are filled with pride. You feel that without the church, without you, the church cannot work. If you are not there, nothing will work in the church. It is pride that is making you feel like that. Hallelujah. One time there was a group in this church who planned one day. They planned. There were people who were in in position doing things in the church. And they planned that they will show the pastor. So they planned that they will leave all of them. They will leave together. So they planned like we come to church Sunday like this and they are not coming. They are not here. He says, oh, we have decided to leave the church. Oh, you see, and sometimes we do these things and we say we will show the pastor. We will show him that without us, the church will not work. Without me, the church will not work. But you see, sometimes we are not even aware what we are doing. Hallelujah. We are not even aware. You see, because you think that you will show him. Sometimes you are singing and we ask you to come and sing and you won't come. And I will show them. I will show them that without me, the choir is not going to function well. Or you are singing and as you are singing, you turn off your microphone. To show them that your voice is very important. You turn off your microphone and leave the person who is leading to show him that without me you will struggle. Oh, am I making up story? You are looking at me like I'm making up. (laughs) Hallelujah. They said they will show the pastor. We will leave and show the pastor. But you see, I want to show you something. In this very chapter... Look, you see, because they think that they are showing the pastor. They think that what they are doing is going to bring something against the pastor. But he says that, here, he says that when you rose up, when you rose up against the children, against the lost congregation, did you not know that you rose up against the Lord? You see, sometimes when we are doing things, we think that we are showing the pastor or we are showing the choir master. But it is the church of God. It is the church of God. Hallelujah. We did not gather here because of any man but by Christ. Amen. It is not a good thing. The next one is mocking and laughing at leaders. When you have an attitude of mocking and laughing at leaders. Amen. One time a pastor went to a place to start a church. It was a small church. He was in a big church. And of course, when you are in a big church, there are a lot of people who you need to, you know, discipline, say things, and all sorts of things. So when he went to this church, he was a very, you know, strong pastor in that church, you know. He would. So when he went to that church to start, it was a struggle. Like when you are starting a church, it was a struggle. And then somebody said, Aha, uh-huh, look at you. Now you have a bonsim, your praise and worship. It's like you just clap your hand for your praise and worship. Who is going to play instruments for you to come and stand there and be dancing and doing your thing? And laughing and mocking like that. Mocking at what Jesus describes as a mustard seed. He says that when he begins his church, it's like a mustard seed that a man take it and plant it. It's like a mustard seed. No one takes recognition of it. No one recognizes it. But when it grows, when it grows, it becomes a mighty tree that brings forth branches and birds will come and nest on it. 
but you are mocking at the mustard seed. Hallelujah. It is only pride that will make a person do something like that. The next one is that feeling that you are as good as your senior. The feeling that you are as good as your senior. And the next one, constant criticism. Constant criticism. Now, you constantly criticize only when you feel that you know better than the person. That is when you criticize. You will not criticize if you don't think you know. Hallelujah. So, someone who is constantly criticizing everything, he's filled with pride. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Now, the next statute that I want to give you is that loyalty is an integral part of your character. Loyalty is an integral part of your character. Hallelujah. Loyalty is an integral part of your character. Amen. Now, what this means is that when you are loyal, then you are generally a loyal person. When you are loyal, you are loyal. Loyalty is a character trait. It is part of you. Hallelujah. When you find someone who is humble, a humble person is a humble person. A humble person is not humble at work and then humble at, at, in the church, humble with his co-workers, but not humble at home. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If you are humble, you are humble everywhere. You cannot say that, oh, she's humble when she was a single person. She was very humble when she was a single woman. It does not happen. That, oh, she was so humble when, of course, she has to be humble when she was single. So you see, oftentimes you hear people say, oh, we don't know what happened. She was so humble until she got married. It's the husband. It's not true. It's not the husband. A humble person is always humble. You cannot be humble in church, be humble with your co-workers, and not humble at home. If you are humble, you are humble all the time. Hallelujah. It is a character trait. Amen. Now, similarly, if your friend is being disloyal to another person, you cannot trust that person. Amen. If you have a friend and he's disloyal to another person, you have a friend who is disloyal to the pastor. You have a friend who is saying so many things about the pastor. You cannot say that, as for me, he's, he's loyal to me. He's not loyal. He is not a loyal person. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You cannot be loyal to one person and not loyal to... I say loyalty is a character trait. If you are loyal, you are loyal all throughout. Hallelujah. If you are loyal, you'll be loyal to everyone. Amen. You cannot be loyal to one person and then disloyal to another person, loyal to that person, because this person did this, because that... If you are loyal, you are loyal. Loyalty is a character trait. Amen. When you see someone who is faithful, faithful to God, if you are some, someone who is faithful towards God, you will find the person is faithful in all his acts. The person is faithful to his co-workers. The person is faithful to his children. The person is faithful to his church. The person is faithful to his pastor. You find a person faithful to his spouse. Amen. Amen. You can say, I am faithful until I met you. I was faithful until... If you are faithful, you are faithful. It is a character trait. Amen. So if you find someone who is not faithful to God, if you find someone who is disloyal to God, 
if you find someone who is stealing from God, what a shock. Do people steal from God? Oh, yes. The Bible says that you have robbed me. God says in the book of Malachi, it says you have robbed me. The whole nation. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if you find someone who is stealing from God and he's your friend, I can tell you that he will steal from you. Oh, I am your pastor. Believe what I'm telling you. If you find someone who is disloyal to God, you can guarantee that he will be disloyal to you. Amen. Amen. If you find someone who is unfaithful to God, it will be very dangerous to marry such a person. If you are unfaithful to God, it will be a dangerous thing to marry a person like that. Hallelujah. If you are a faithful person, you are faithful in all your acts. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. I'm bringing my message to a close, so just be a little patient. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. This is a warning. Single people who are planning to get married. I am giving you one key. When you are looking to marry someone, I am giving you the key to look for. You don't need to do so much to find about that person. I am giving you a key to look for. He says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? That means if you marry an unbeliever, your relationship before God, it is between righteousness and unrighteousness. Wow. Hallelujah. It says, and what communion hath light with darkness? If you marry someone who is not faithful to God, your relationship is compared to light and darkness. That means that when God shows up in your life, that person is gone. Because the Bible says that, and God appeared, the spirit of God appeared, and darkness was gone. Hallelujah. And the Lord is comparing your relationship as light and darkness. Amen. Amen. The next scripture, it says, and what concord? Look at that. It says, because you marry, look, all this brought about because you decided to marry an unbeliever. And this scripture just, it says, and what concord had Christ with Belial? What concord had Christ? Your relationship is compared to Christ and Satan. What a shock. Can Christ and Satan dwell together? Mabel, can Christ and Satan dwell together? So he says, when someone marries an unbeliever, it is like Christ and Belial. What concord do they have? None. Or what path had he that believeth with an infidel? Amen. So you see, if someone does not have God, someone does not believe in God, someone does not know God, you cannot marry that person. Let me give you another scripture. First John chapter 4 and verse 7. First John chapter 4 and verse 7. Single people, are you with me? Are you hearing me? I say, I am giving you a key. When you are looking for the man to marry, I am giving you a key. Not the broad-chested one. Not the six-foot one. Not the six-pack one. 
I tell you, the six pack you are going to see that is going to change very soon to four packs, and very soon to two packs, and very soon it is one pack. What are you going to do with that? Hallelujah. But look at what the Lord is showing. The Lord is showing you a great key for someone who is looking to marry. He says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. Love is not of the one who opens car doors for you. Love is not the one who buys you flowers. Love is not the one who remembers your birthday. Love is not the one who buys you clothes. Love is not the one who remembers when it's, your, when it's Valentine's Day. He says, love is of God. Love is of God. Love is of God. Hallelujah. He says, love is of God. And everyone, every one of you, everyone, no one singled out. He says, everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God knoweth God is born of God and knoweth God everyone that laughs everyone that says I love you your first question to him is do you know God he says do you know God he says honey I love you I cannot sleep without you my mind is just wondering about you I dream about you I think of you I cannot work since I met you I can't focus at work every time I start working your name comes in my mind the first person you ask him is do you know God <laughs> hallelujah do you know God And I can guarantee you, it says, everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And I can guarantee you, 99.99999% that if you marry anyone who does not know God, you have not found love. If you marry anyone who says, I don't believe in God, I don't trust in God. I, have no, I don't give my life to Christ. If you marry anyone like that, single woman, hear me and hear me well. You have married someone but not love. Hallelujah. Because listen to the next scripture. Listen to the next verse. He says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. So the person that you have married who does not know God, he does not love. What he's seeing and is liking is called lust. Amen. What he's seeing and is admiring is it's called lust. Because he says that if any man says he loves you and knoweth not God, he is what? A liar. Hallelujah. So anyone that tells you that I love you and you ask, what church do you go to? You say, oh, church. What is church? I don't go to church. You say, you are a liar. You can say that with all confidence. Hallelujah. 
What do you mean? You say, say, no, you don't love me. You say, what do you mean I don't love you? Don't you see how I open the door for you when I see? Why don't you see how I treat you? Don't you see how I take you to expensive restaurants? Don't you see how I buy you flowers? Don't you see how I can sleep without thinking of you? Tell the person, you do all of that, but don't say you love me because that makes you a liar. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we don't have much time, but um, okay. Let me give you the last one here, and um, we bring the service to a close. I cannot. Cont- okay, the last one here is familiarity breeds disloyalty. Familiarity breeds disloyalty. Now, what is familiarity, or what what does it mean when we say you have become familiar? To be familiar means to be more friendly and informal than is acceptable. Hallelujah. To be more friendly and informal than is acceptable. Amen. When someone, when you become so familiar, it means that you have become so common to the people. You have become so common to the people. For instance, a resident pastor and a visiting pastor. You see, a resident pastor is always preaching to you, ministering to you. Sometimes you see him very tired. Hallelujah. Sometimes you see him very weak. Amen. Sometimes you have an issue and he doesn't even know what to tell you. Do you see? So you see all these things and you you, you see all his weaknesses and so you lose the awe for him. Hallelujah. But when a, when a visiting pastor comes, for instance, you see, everything is prepared for him. Do you see? Everything is set. The atmosphere is set. You see that choir even we rehearse extra. Do you see? We rehearse extra to bring the anointing, to support him, to let him know that we are for him. But you see, we don't do that for the resident pastor. Do you see? Because familiarity sets in. Amen. Because familiarity sets in. You see, I'm preaching to you very powerfully. Amen. Amen. But because I preach to you like that all the time, you become so familiar to my preaching. Some of you, you know even the next thing that I'm going to say. Some of you, even when I come the direction, you say, oh, he's coming my way. He's going to say something. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And so familiarity sets in. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus prayed and he chose his disciples. Judas was one of them. Judas saw the powerful works of Christ. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us, you know, Judas is, I mean, how Jesus found him and what he was doing. And, you know, I mean, he tells us about how he found John, James, Peter. And, but he doesn't really give us a good background of what G- Judas was doing, even if he was homeless or whatever he was that Jesus picked him, or if he was from a rich family, or if whatever he was. But he was chosen. Do you see? He was chosen and he was following. He was with them everywhere. You hear that Jesus receded from the crowd and he called the twelve upon himself. When there was, whenever there was a private meeting, he was there with them. But he became so familiar. He saw Jesus tired, walking and said, Charlie, we're too tired. Let's, let's sit and rest a little bit. He saw Jesus' feet dirty. He saw Jesus was angry sometimes. 
say, hey, son of God, bad. Hey, son of God is angry like that. You see, he saw all those things. He may, he may have seen Jesus saying, excuse me, and then he went to the bathroom to wee-wee. He, he saw all that. You see, right now, you can't perceive Jesus going to the bathroom to wee-wee. And you, you cannot perceive. He saw Jesus taking a shower, coming with a towel around his waist. and all the, You understand what I'm sharing with you? He saw Jesus say, hey, I'm very hungry. Let's find some food. Sometimes maybe he was eating and Jesus can I have a piece of your bread, you know? So he saw all these things and he developed familiarity. And so he lost. Do you think that if he perceived, if he really saw the son of God, if he saw him as the son of God, he wouldn't have betrayed him. But familiarity, it breeds disloyalty. Hallelujah. Familiarity breeds disloyalty. The Bible says that when Jesus came back to his own hometown, they could not receive him. They look at him. They knew him too well. When you are too familiar with a person, you, 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 you just get offended even for the things that he's doing. They said that they knew him too well and said, Ah, who is this? Why is he talking like that? You hear the man talking with wisdom and doing miraculous works, but they know him too well that they could not associate him with such great works. They say that it's not this the carpenter. It's not his mother Mary. They didn't even talk about his father. Jews don't talk about mothers. They talk about the son of this, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob. But they say, it's not Mary his mother. Are his sisters and their brothers not with us? It's not this little boy who was running around here butt naked and standing here and calling himself the son of God. And the Bible says that they took offense in him. And he says, and there he could do no miracles. He couldn't do any great works there. Amen. Amen. He couldn't do any great works. Hallelujah. So familiarity, it breeds disloyalty. When When you become so familiar, when the pastor calls you, Oh, the pastor calls you all the time and we are chatting. When you are not careful, you become familiar. Amen. You become familiar. The pastor is going with you and he's hungry and he's drinking some juice and you become so familiar. Amen. You see, that is one of the reasons why sometimes certain men of God make themselves, you know, a little, you know, wear some, you know, wear some things to look a little... Hundios look like you are a little different, you know? For the people, just so the people will receive. Not that he's different, but there's the people who receive. Otherwise, the people see an ordinary man and they cannot receive. Amen. They cannot receive. It looks so simple, so they cannot receive. So you have to look a little obscure, you know, don't show up quickly, be late, you know, don't come right after church, vanish, don't shake hands too much, you know. Where is the pastor? Oh, the pastor, he doesn't stay around. Oh, you need to see the pastor. We have to make an appointment. But you, you are sick. You call the pastor anytime he picks up his phone. Anytime you can, he can come. In the night, anytime. You see, you become so familiar sometimes. And you cannot receive. Amen. Miriam and Aaron, they became so familiar. They became so familiar. Miriam was Moses' sister. So sometimes the mother will ask, can you babysit? You know? And then Moses, as he's changing Moses' diaper, you pee and then whip Moses' back, 
doing all sorts of things, you know. Hallelujah. Amen. Chase Moses around. Moses doesn't want to take shower. Chasing him around. You know, when I was younger, my, my older sister used to bathe me. And he, she always had to chase me around to get me to bathe me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when you are grown and now you say, you are a pastor. Oh, wow, you are what? Pastor. My little boy, my little brother. Ah. So you are talking about your pastor. I say, my pastor. He said, who is your pastor? He said, oh, our own and a very own. Ah. <laughs> my own brother. Oh. You see? So she can, they can't receive like that. Amen. They can't receive. And it says, ah, God has also spoken by us. So familiarity, it breeds disloyalty. And that is why they rose up. They rose up to speak against Moses. When Moses married an Ethiopian woman, they rose up and they spoke against Moses. And then when God came, he says, were you not afraid? Were you not afraid? When you stood up to speak against him, were you not afraid? And a curse came upon her. Hallelujah. Amen. Our time is up. And then we will bring our service to a close. And we will continue next time that we meet. Why don't you stand onto your feet? Let us bring the service to a close. Ask the Lord to deliver you from the spirit of familiarity. Deliver you from the spirit of disloyalty. It is a spirit that sometimes enters us. It is a spirit that enters us. That makes us disloyal. It is a spirit. Ask the Lord to deliver you. Ask the Lord. Say, deliver me from becoming familiar. As I'm able to talk to the pastor. As I'm able to fellowship with him. As I'm able to talk to the man of God. As I'm able to hear him, get access to him. May the Lord deliver you from familiarity. May you continue to see him in all. In the name of Jesus. May you continue to see the anointing that is upon the man of God. Oh yes. Ask the Lord to deliver you from disloyalty. Deliver you from disloyalty. That you have a single eye. To have a single eye in your service to the Lord. To have a single eye in your service to your, your spouse. In your relationship with your husband. In your relationship with your wife. May you have a single eye. May you have a single eye. In your relationship with your beloved. May you have a single eye. Oh yes. May the Lord deliver us. Oh yes. Oh, help us Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Oh. Why don't you pray to the Lord to deliver you from this spirit? It is a spirit that enters Judah. He says that a spirit entered into Judah. A spirit entered into Judah. And he went and he betrayed Christ. Separation, to magnify 
longing, Lord. Here I am longing, my Lord, so soon. Lord, hide me in your love. Hide me in your love. Oh, and I don't know you, Jesus. May I know Jesus more and more. Come, baby, come. Come, baby. Oh, yes. Oh, 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 relationships Father in our relationships with you may we be loyal in our relationship with our spouses may we be loyal 
in our relationships with our children may we be loyal in our relationship with our co-workers with our friends oh god with our bosses lord may we be loyal in the name of jesus help us lord that the spirit that separates us shall not be a part of us the spirit that brings division shall not prevail in our homes it shall not prevail in our churches in the name of jesus help us lord that the enemy shall not have forces strong enough to separate us for when we are together the enemy cannot divide us therefore oh god may we overlook our differences and may you be the author and the finisher of this faith that we have been taking that we will look upon the blood of jesus that brought us together and not magnify our differences in the name of jesus may you be lifted up for you say when you be lifted up then you will draw all men unto you father when we gather may we lift you up may our differences not be magnified may where we come from not be magnified may our age not be magnified may our sex not be magnified our singlehood or our being married not be magnified but may the name of Jesus be lifted up may the blood of Jesus be lifted up I ask of God that you deliver us from this spirit this spirit of division this spirit that magnifies Christ this spirit that magnifies our differences Lord may you not prevail in our church in the name of Jesus we ask of God that you deliver us from the spirit of familiarity in Jesus name if there's anyone here this afternoon you are not born again Jesus Christ is not your savior maybe you were invited to a baby dedication but I believe in my heart that you were not here by chance the Bible says the steps of the righteous they are ordered in the law you do not happen to be in the house of God by accident therefore if you are here this afternoon and Jesus Christ is not your savior he's not your master you are not born again and you say pastor I want to give my life to Christ if you are such a person with all eyes closed and every head bowed let's give that respect why don't you just lift up your right hand wherever you are you want to give your life to Christ just lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'll say a short prayer with you anyone here like that you are here you want to give your life to Jesus you may not have this opportunity again oh the Lord is talking to you when he says today is your day I don't know why but today is your day you may not have that opportunity again but if you were to die today have you asked yourself where would you be where would you go you say I don't believe in these things I don't think there's another world but just as a baby in the womb didn't think there was another world outside of the womb suddenly that baby was born into this world and found himself in another world completely what if you die and you find out that all of this is true have you prepared yourself if that baby did not prepare himself or herself he will come into this world suffering you are here this afternoon I want to give you that opportunity Christ is here to save 
Christ is here to help you to prepare that on the day that you depart from this life, you will be with him in heaven. If this is your prayer, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Let not the enemy hold your hand down. Release. Give your life to Jesus this afternoon. Oh yes, give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. You may not have the opportunity again. You may not have this opportunity again. Why don't you all join me and say this after me? Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe God gave you to us. I believe God gave you to, to us. die for our sins. To die for us. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you died. You shed your blood for me. You shed your blood for me. You died. And you were buried. And I believe that you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, it was all for me. Please forgive me of my sins. I invite you into my life this afternoon. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my master. I will serve you all the days of my life. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, Thank you, Jesus, for saving me, for saving me. in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.